The cold weight of Lyndon's Wintersteel badge hung against his chest as he stood witness in the trial. This room in the Akura Tower of the Nine Cloud Court had been shrouded entirely in shadows. The edges were totally black, creating the impression that the circle of people in the center existed in the one well-lit island in a sea of endless dark. Purple eyes glowed in the darkness, all filled with rage, all focused on the three figures bound and kneeling in the middle. Mira, underlady of the Satian kingdom, looked largely unharmed. Her gray hair, unfitting for her age, hung messy behind her, but her skin was untouched. Her pink flower gold sign shone over one ear. Her eyes were weary, fearful, and resigned over the gag that trapped the entire lower half of her face. It was a contraption of metal and scripted leather, and it suppressed almost as much power as the half-silver cuffs that encircled her wrists. An older man, built like a noble bear, was bent and bound next to her. Unlike her, he bore obvious wounds, with blood trickling from his salt and pepper hair to stain his short beard. King Seishin Dakata breathed heavily through his nose, obviously trying to keep up a breathing technique, but Lyndon had seen the Akura overlords carrying him in. They had not been gentle. In the worst shape by far was Dakata's remaining son, Seishin Daji. One of his eyes was swollen shut, his clothes were torn and looked to be somewhat burned, and instead of handcuffs, both his arms were wrapped in half-silver chains. That had to be spiritual agony. He wore no complex scripted muzzle, but had a dirty rag stuffed in his mouth to gag him. While he trembled in fear and pain, Lyndon would call his expression sullen, even defiant. Whatever fate the Akura family was about to decide for him, it would be no worse than he deserved. Akura Charity stepped forward, her young-looking face cold as usual. Kingdom of Seishin, you stand accused of conspiracy to assassinate members of the Akura head family. She pulled a scripted spike from a void key and held it up. It resembled a long tent stake made of stone and ringed with runes, and Lyndon had seen it before. It was the spatial anchor Daji had tossed into Lyndon's team to summon the Blood Sage leading directly to their deaths. The anchor would be dangerous to carry around, lest someone else use it to teleport into their midst, except that Charity had sealed off the runes with scripted straps. Only once the straps were removed could the device be used again. A trusted witness testified that one of you used this device to summon assassins, the sage continued. The traces of Madra remaining in the script have aspects similar, possibly identical, to your paths. Seishin Dakata looked to his left, and the horror that slowly crept over his face was enough to tell Lyndon he was innocent, because his son surely wasn't. Mira's eyes drifted shut, and she heaved a deep sigh. Charity continued to speak quietly. Your guilt is beyond doubt. We are gathered here to decide the extent of that guilt and the severity of your punishment. Your fate lies not in your hands, nor in mine. She extended the spatial anchor to her right, where Mercy hesitated before taking it. She looked from the scripted spike to her aunt's face, then with obvious resolve, she seized the anchor. When she stepped forward, she quivered with a cold fury of the sort that Lyndon had never seen on her. Under Lady Mira, Mercy said, 
I will address you first. The script on the leather over Mira's mouth dimmed, but she didn't speak. Swear to answer my questions truthfully, Mercy commanded. There was a long moment before Mira's voice came out, heavy as a tomb door and quiet as a whisper. I swear on my soul to answer you with the truth and tell you no lies. Lyndon felt the oath between Mercy and Mira as a distant quiver in the air. He had a whole new set of senses now. He would have to get used to them. Sometime after Seishin Daji got his justice. What do you know of the attempt on my brother's life, my life, and the murder of three other young sacred artists of the Akura clan? It was strange to hear Mercy speak with such gravity and hidden anger, and indeed she looked furious, grieved, and uncomfortable in equal measure. Mira shook her head, her eyes still closed. I knew of no plot against you or the Akura clan until this moment. Do you believe it plausible that one among the Seishin kingdom did carry out such a plot? Yes. You know who it was, don't you? I suspect I do. Mira tilted her head slightly in Daji's direction, though her eyes were still closed. I warned you, Daji. I warned you and warned you. King Dakota lunged against his manacles, coming up short at the chain holding him to the ground. He screamed into his muzzle, only a muffled sound coming from him. Thank you, Mira, Mercy said softly. King Dakota, you may- The instant the script around the king's mouth stopped shining, his shouts resolved. Me, it was me. I'll kill you, I'll kill you all. He shrieked in rage, making a show of fury, even snapping his jaws behind his muzzle as though he wished he could bite out Mercy's throat. But Lyndon was certain the anger was just a front. It was nothing spiritual or supernatural, no working of madra or willpower. The king's desperation just seemed more like fear than anger. Mercy's hand trembled on the anchor. King Takata, will you swear? Get over here! He craned forward, growling and pulling against his restraints. Release me! I'll do it myself! Swear to tell the- Kill me! Kill me, you cowards! Your majesty, if you won't cooperate, we'll have- I'll rip out your ribs one at a time! I'll- This time Mercy cut him off, by leaping across the room and seizing him by the jaw. Her hand covered in a crystalline purple gauntlet, she squeezed across the muzzle on his face, slowly lifting him one-handed until his eyes were even with hers. The chain binding him to the floor went taut, pulling his arms back by their manacles until his shoulders looked like they were ready to dislocate, but Mercy was filled with incandescent violet rage. Shut up! Shut up! Her breathing was wild, her madra growing erratic, and shadows danced all around the room. What do you think is going to happen? That I'm going to punish you and let your son free? What about your kingdom? You think if you take the blame, everyone else goes home? He tried to speak, but she shook him violently with one hand. I want you to go home. You understand me? That's what I want. I am not here for anyone who doesn't deserve it. Not even you. His muzzle blazed purple again, and she shoved him back down, moving to the third Seishin sacred artist in line. Mercy tucked her hands behind her back, and Lyndon knew they were shaking. His heart ached for her. She must hate this. 
Ordinarily, Lyndon would feel the same way. But under the circumstances, he could pass judgment on Dodgy with an ice-cold heart. Seishen Dodgy, Mercy said. Swear on your soul to tell me the truth. I swear, Dodgy said. He licked his lips, but gave her a bold stare, as though trying to cover up fear with bravado. Mercy drew herself up, and the pressure of her overlord spirit built like a thunderhead. Say the rest. I swear to tell you the truth. Lyndon felt the oath snap into place between the two of them, and he couldn't deny surprise. He had expected Dodgy to dodge the promise like his father had done. Mercy brought out the spatial anger. What is this? I don't know, Dodgy said easily. So easily, and the oath didn't stop him. Was it true? Mercy's eyebrows twitched, but she went on. A reliable witness saw you plant this, and then our archlord stopped you from activating a gate stone. Where would the stone have taken you? The fear was leaking out of Dodgy, leaving confidence. Home. I feared that a rival of mine would use underhanded tactics to get revenge on me. He gave an overt glance in Lyndon's direction. Lyndon sensed the bond that stretched between Dodgy's soul and Mercy's. It didn't tremble. What's going on? Lyndon asked Dross. Dross returned an image of himself with both boneless arms spread in a shrug. Regan Shen? It hadn't taken a genius to deduce who was behind the attack. The assassins had been openly wearing Shen's colors. Still, no matter how certain they were, Malice was the only one who could push a grudge against a monarch. Malice, and now Fury. It had to have been Regan Shen that allowed Daji to lie under oath. Not that Lyndon had any idea how that would be possible. But the Akura family hadn't blindly trusted Lyndon because of his long association with Mercy. They'd taken his sworn statement and even read his memory of the event. Though as far as they knew, that last part could have been fabricated by Dross. Not to mention that Lyndon hadn't been the only one on that rooftop. Four others had glimpsed Daji in the vicinity or seen something thrown to the floor before the group vanished. Everyone here knew who the guilty party was. Even so, this was only the first stage of the Yakura clan's investigation. It would be long and, no doubt, exhaustive. Daji's spine straightened, and he spoke with more confidence. I know of no plot against the Akura clan, and neither does my father. We are loyal, and we do not deserve this treatment. He glared at Lyndon openly now. I only know of a plot against us. Lyndon's disgust ignited into hot, clean anger. Mercy's hand trembled on the anchor. Next to her, Charity's face was a mask. King Dakota was panting, looking to his son with new hope, as though he hadn't dared to believe Daji might be innocent. Mira simply looked confused, confused and tired. The other Akura around the room glanced to Lyndon, and he felt their attention on him. His nerves crawled, and in lesser company he would have felt their suspicion. But they hadn't earned their way into this room on combat strength alone. One by one they surveyed him, then returned their attention to Daji, who was trying his hardest to look innocent and hurt. If this is about my attack on you, Daji said to Mercy, I can only beg your forgiveness. 
It was so long ago, and I pray to the heavens that you'll find the mercy to forgive me. Silence rolled over the room like a boulder. Was that? Was he making a joke? Mercy's expression twisted in disgust. So then, you swear to me on your soul that this is nothing more than a personal grudge between you and the witness who reported you. That is the only explanation that would satisfy me. You believe he has accused you falsely. Yes, Daji spat, but then he wrestled his anger under control again. I mean, that's the only explanation I can think of. My loyalty is, and always has been, to the Akora clan. Daji turned to shoot another look at Linden, only to see, too late, King Dakota frantically shaking his head. Mercy looked to Linden with sadness in her eyes, but Linden gave her a grim nod. He saw where this was going. She regretted the necessity, but he didn't. He slowly pushed past some members of the Akura family, limbering up his madra. Very well then, Mercy pronounced. In the lack of further evidence, this must be nothing more than a personal grudge between Weishi Linden Aurelius and Seishin Daji of the Seishin Kingdom. As Linden's eyes darkened, Daji's skin paled. Mercy continued as King Dakota started screaming into his muzzle again. The investigation into the Seishin Kingdom will continue, but first let this personal grudge between accuser and accused be settled. Seishin Daji, Linden said quietly, I challenge you to a duel. The other two prisoners were being hauled away. Mira quietly and Dakota struggling every inch of the way. An underlady in Akura colors, but with no purple eyes, waved her hands over Daji, and a complex waterfall of emerald life madra cascaded down over him. No, Daji shouted as his injuries knit together. Why should I fight him? This isn't fair. Mercy sounded regretful, but she still spoke clearly. What could be more fair? You're both underlords. He has accused you of a terrible crime for which he has provided evidence, but you insist he is only smearing your good name. Very well. Defend your honor. I don't have- The Akora clan will uphold the results of the duel, Mercy interrupted. Next to her, Charity nodded once. Daji licked his lips, his eyes flitting around. I- If I win, I'll go free. If you win, we will continue our investigation, as though Lyndon accused you out of a personal grudge, which has been resolved, Mercy said, which didn't quite answer the question. Daji, though, grasped at the thin lifeline he had been offered. Give me back my swords and my armor. Your armor was damaged in your apprehension, and we found no swords on you. Lyndon's void key slipped open, the closet-sized door hanging in the air to his right. He sent his spiritual sense inside, summoning a pair of swords which leaped to him with a quick application of force aura. I happen to have found these lying on the ground recently, Lyndon said. Do they suit you? They were, of course, Dodgy's. He tossed them to Dodgy, who seized one thin sword in each hand. The Satian underlord hurled the sheaths off so they clattered to the ground. The striker bindings of each blade kindled to life and sparks ran up and down the metal. He has accepted his weapons, Mercy said. Lyndon, you may use weapons of your own. Lyndon folded his arms in front of him. Gratitude, but I am as armed as I need to be. 
The lithe, wolf-like Satian underlord leaned forward, shifting his weight from one foot to the other, swords held low. He radiated fear, anger, hunger. Lyndon knew the feeling. He remembered Akura Grace's cold, lifeless eyes, Courage's body, Dochi's, Pride's bloody, beaten form as he swayed on his feet. Daji had caused all that. If Lyndon couldn't leave for Sacred Valley until the morning, at least this was worth some time. Begin, Mercy said. A bolt of lightning Madra coursed over Lyndon's shoulder, but his fist had already smashed into Daji's nose. The Seishen prince blasted backwards, his spine slamming into an old man in the audience. Akura Justice was an ancient archlord. Daji bounced off his palm as though he'd run into a brick wall. Daji's face was a bloody mess, his nose shattered, and Lyndon's next punch broke his ribs and lifted him into the air. Outclassed he may have been, but Daji's body had still been remade in Soulfire. It twisted in midair and his sword expanded to massive size with forged Madra. He slashed at Lyndon, beneath him, with a blade the size of his entire body. Lyndon's eyes cooled as they turned to crystalline blue, and blue-white pure Madra erupted into a dome all around him. He controlled the expansion of the hollow domain so he wouldn't catch any of the Akura clan in it, but Daji's technique slid through the dome. It dissolved like dust in water. Lyndon let the cloud of harmless essence pass over him as Daji fell into the field and his enforcer technique failed him. The prince twisted to land with his legs beneath him, but Lyndon grabbed his ankle. Daji caught himself with his hands rather than crashing face first into the ground, but that wasn't the result Lyndon wanted. So he lifted Daji one-handed and slammed the underlord back into the ground. At first, Daji twisted to kick Lyndon's head with his free leg, but the power Lyndon had drained from Crusher still flowed through him. The kick landed like a dragonfly smashing into a window. Lyndon smashed him into the ground again. Daji kept trying to pull his madra together, but under the influence of the hollow domain and the trauma of the beating, he couldn't form a technique. And Lyndon was holding Daji's ankle with his right hand. Whenever it looked like the prince was about to finish a technique, Lyndon bled the madra away with the consume technique and vented it into Daji's back. The force and earth madra came out like a fistful of bricks. All the while, Lyndon hammered him against the floor over and over. It didn't resemble anything like an honorable sacred artist's duel. There was no dignity and no possibility of escape. Only when Daji was bloody, broken, and whimpering did Lyndon let the hollow domain die and drop the prince one final time. Everyone watched Daji land on the ground with a smack, where he curled in on himself with a sound like a cross between a scream and a groan. Lyndon knelt beside him, speaking quietly. I tried to leave you alone. Almost gently, he pulled the prince up from the ground by his collar. Daji sputtered and spat out blood. I know this was just you. Mira and your father, they're smarter than this. I don't think a monarch would have approached them. Am I right? Daji burbled incoherently, his eyes spinning in their sockets to come to rest on Linden. They were surprisingly lucid. You deserve to die. You know that. But they don't, do they? For a moment, 
the anger and the pain cleared from Daji's eyes. For the first time, Lyndon saw something human in them. Very slightly, the prince of the Satian kingdom shook his head. Lyndon rose to his feet as Mercy, rather unnecessarily, announced victory. Satian Daji was dragged off into the shadows, and Lyndon remembered Orthos's words from long ago. The Akura do not kill honorably. They take prisoners. I believe him, Lyndon said to Mercy. Y yeah, Mercy said. She sounded like she was trying to encourage him. I know his confession won't make a difference. It wasn't as though a single shake of the head after a brutal beating counted as proof. Even the duel had just been another way of punishing Daji within the Akura clan's rules, not a way of obtaining evidence. But Lyndon did believe him. I'll ask them to take it easy, Mercy promised. Charity slipped up beside them. We will take it easy on everyone but Daji, unless we find evidence of collusion. How did you feel about your arbitration, Mercy? Terrible. Lyndon gave her a comforting pat on the shoulder, but he was already turning to leave. I have to prepare. I'll see you tonight. Where are you? No, it doesn't matter. I have to stay with pride. I'll see you tonight. Charity's eyes narrowed on him. You know not to leave the city, don't you? Of course, Charity. Thank you for your concern. It felt almost painful to call a sage by her given name, but she only nodded before vanishing with mercy. Lyndon rubbed at the blood on his fist as he walked through the artificial veil of shadow. Draws projected images of what the room had looked like before, so he strode through like the darkness was only a thin mist. His mental map would be accurate, assuming no furniture had been added that Draws didn't know about. Not to cast doubt on my own predictions, but I thought you were going to kill him. I wanted to, Lyndon admitted. It had been a struggle to hold himself back from crushing Daji into a ball. He wasn't proud of that, but he couldn't pretend that Daji hadn't earned it. Why, uh, if you don't mind me asking, why didn't you? Lyndon stretched out his newfound sage's senses, feeling the tear in space where the Akura servants had slipped through a temporary portal. They had dragged the prisoners somewhere immediately, possibly Moongrave, where no one could interrupt them. Where Seishen Daji couldn't be saved, even by Regan Shen. Lyndon responded silently to Draws. My name isn't Mercy.